penalty. It's Rapino against Van Feenendaal. It's 1-0. The USA won. The Netherlands nil. Foul, the game's opening up. Rosa foul. Lovely run. Great goal. Brilliant goal. Rosa foul might have won the World Cup for the United States. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crowned champions of the world. And for the very first time, they've done it on European soil. It is finished at the Stade de Lyon in the final in victory and joy for the United States. Hey everyone, welcome to Settle the Score. I'm Allison. I'm Madeline. Happy 2021. Happy. Be Soccer New Year! This is our first uh, first podcast of the new year, and we are thrilled to be back. Uh, we had like almost a month off. That was nice. Yes, and we got a wonderful, plentiful amount of women's soccer news. That was a delight. Yes. I mean, we've had the draft. We've had uh, our first camp in 2021 for the women's national team. We have a lot of like you know, extra news, which has been really exciting in the world of women's soccer, which we're going to cover, of course, all of it. So a lot of stuff to cover today. I did it really 2021. I know a lot of people were saying good riddance 2020. I'll admit I wasn't feeling too hopeful about 2021 being terribly different, uh, at least at the start. And then it just got off to a, a horrible bang. Uh, um, but I was having very mixed feelings, uh, a week ago this Wednesday, uh, because we were in the midst of a coup attempt, which was very difficult to watch. And then my phone alerts me, U.S. soccer, U.S. women's national team, two games against Colombia. I was like, come on, U.S. soccer. You cannot do this to me today. (laughs) Like, I want to feel so excited about this and it feels inappropriate right now. So, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. It was a a war of emotions. It was not a great time to receive that alert, but I am so excited about those games. And I am so excited about the She Believes Cup. Yeah. Yeah. We have that to look forward to a little bit later in February, which is very exciting. Madeline, this will be our first She Believes that we don't attend in like four or five years. Actually ever, because I think we've been at every She Believes Cup. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Right? Yeah, actually, I guess you're right. If Yeah. I, I have never not attended at one match of the She Believes Cup. Wow. Well, I suppose there's a first time for everything. <laughs> there's one of them we maybe wish we hadn't attended, as we've discussed before. No, I would do that yeah. again in a heartbeat. <laughs> I just ice, would have brought more booze. <laughs> I was going to say, we needed more of the whiskey towards the end or something to heat us up. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Yeah, so actually, I say that. I think... Um, I was noting if, whether they should or should not, they're selling tickets to the Orlando matches. They sure are. I yeah. thought that was an interesting choice. I feel a little conflicted about it. My gut reaction is, no, you dummies, just don't. Just right. don't. But it's outside? It's. I think they're selling 4,000 tickets or something. It's outdoors. It's like, I don't remember how, it's the stadium in Orlando where the Orlando Pride play. And I can't remember the size of the stadium, but it's like basically a quarter, I think, or less capacity of what they, what they could have. And everybody's going to be in like segmented groups and have timed entry. And 
here's my thing. I think it's actually probably fine since it's outside and people would be wearing masks. Mm -hmm. It's just more the idea of the fact that it's happening might encourage people to meet up with friends or Mm. uh, have a tailgate party with people. Do you know what I mean? It's not so much that I think actually doing it or going to the game is dangerous. It seems actually fine, probably. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know. But (laughs) it's more of the what surrounds it. But I will say I am so jealous of all of those people who get to go. Yeah. All 4,000. I mean, if they sell the 4,000, I'm guessing they will. I don't know. Yeah, right? I think people in Florida have been <laughs> pretty <laughs> lax with a lot of stuff as it is. So this For listeners who live in Florida, not we love you. you. You're great. We're sure you're just, very smart. I've I've seen photos and stuff from Miami and South Beach and I've just been like, I'm sorry, what? What is happening? Uh but that's <laughs> that's a different topic for a different day. Uh but yeah, they will be selling uh tickets for those matches. Um they went on sale last week so I guess we'll um or no on Wednesday so we'll see it'll be weird seeing people in the stadium yes in a way I wonder how that will feel to the players too those 4,000 people better be loud (laughs) so loud oh my gosh yeah anyways but that's really exciting yes there was also uh, some very exciting uh Orlando news news. Orlando romance news a uh, huge congratulations to Marta and Tony, newly engaged. Yay! Oh my gosh! I I the thing is is like I live so out of the loop sometimes. I had no idea, no idea that they were together or dating. I mean, well, I say that, but they did live together. But I think it was like just assume. Well, I assume that they lived together, just. I guess platonically, but like they're in their thirties. I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's sort of like your parents being like, you know, when your great aunt had that uh, one yeah. roommate that she lived with her whole life, and they were such good friends. It's like, yeah, no, ma- no, no. It's like uh-uh. all the historical. There's like all these historical memes of like you know people being found buried together, and they were like you know best friends or <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, so that was just my miss, but congratulations! I'm so thrilled for both of them. Uh, yeah, I love. There's going to be two married couples on one NWSL team. That's crazy. I love it. Maybe they'll start playing better. <laughs> <laughs> the pride needs something. I tell you. Maybe are. marital bliss is their secret sauce. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, as you can imagine, both Marta and Tony are staying with the pride uh, after the uh, the draft earlier this week but yeah I don't know we'll find out fingers crossed yes but huge congratulations to them Martha is such an amazing amazing figure and I'm so happy that she's gonna be happy yay yeah man my jaw dropped when I saw that dropped I think I texted Madeline I don't remember the hour but it was probably late in just all caps <laughs> I received it when I woke up in the morning yeah, so, so it was it, like yes and I, it was a very exciting way to start my day <laughs> excellent oh I love it so let's talk about this this camp that's happening right now as we speak in Florida yep uh so the women's national team are back in camp um and this camp will culminate with two matches um both against Columbia on the 18th and the 22nd which is incredibly exciting that'll be our first match first matches of 2021 Woo! very exciting um but 
we'll talk. You want to talk who's in the camp? Yes. All right. Who's in the camp? Because there are some people who are back, and it's great news, and it's very interesting. So I think the three big folks who are back are Pino, Lloyd, and Mallory Pugh. Mm-hmm. And they have been out of the picture the whole summer. Pugh did have that one fantastic game for Sky Blue, where mm-hmm. she and Midge Purse looked like they were Dynamite. psychic with each other or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, and we're never going to get to see that again, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, gosh, unless Chicago takes Midge, but nobody can take Midge from me. Anyways, <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Madeline's spiraling, but... We haven't seen them play hardly at all for a year. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they look like in the mix. Of course, Pino and Lloyd, uh, as a 34-year-old, as a uh, you know, those old ladies, can they still move their bodies? Um, I feel sad that that's where it's at. But it'll be interesting to see how they are with so much time off because I think we might start getting a picture as these games unfold. Could this be an Olympics without Megan Rapino and Carly Lloyd, or are they definitely on that plane to Tokyo? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, for me, again, depending on how they play, but just even looking back 10 months ago, for me, Pino is, Lloyd isn't, but I mean, right, that's to I be have determined. really different points of view on each of them. For Pino, right. I'm sort of hoping. Yeah. And for Lloyd, I'm sort of like, get out of town, girl. Yeah. Honestly, and I'm question. I think Pew for me is still a question because I feel like, I don't know. She, she was like this dynamite explosion that we had, and then due to injury and, and some stuff, we didn't get to see her as much. And then I feel like she was kind of off her game. Now she's back. Um, you, you're right. She did have that stellar, stellar match for Sky Blue. So. I'll be curious to see how she's playing in camp as well and how all these youngins are performing in camp. I mean, camp is chock full of like some incredible young talent uh, that's going to, I think, give some of these old timers a run for their money. I listened to Kelly O'Hara's Just Women's Sports podcast where she interviewed Pew in depth, and it was a pretty interesting listen. Strong recommend if anyone out there hasn't listened to that yet. But I didn't realize quite how dominant Pew had been coming up through the U.S. soccer program and how much the program has invested in her and Mm -hmm. how she has never been left off a roster since she was 17 years old. Oh my gosh. She was always playing one age level up than she was on the teams. Like she was playing U20 when she was 17 and she should have been a U17. You know, she's so she's always been really excelling and she had never not made a camp uh, till this last one. And I agree that you got Sophia Smith on your heels. You've got Macario on your heels. Although, you know, she's listed as a midfielder right now. Tobin and Kristen playing so well. I'm just wondering, do you burn out? Mm. Or was it a slump at the exact wrong time? I'm very curious what will happen to Mallory Pugh. Yeah. I, I And she's so young. I don't think you know, say she didn't go to the Olympics and I'm not saying that's a definite, but say she didn't, I don't think that means that she's gone from the national team program from, you know, from here on out by any means. Yeah, I she's think. 22. Yeah. She, she just seems to be off her game a little bit right now. I don't know why, uh, but you have other players uh, like, you know, um, uh, wow. Sophia Smith. 
Well, Sophia, the younger players, Sophia, and like you said, I know Macario um, is as a midfield right now, but you have those players. Um, and then you have Press and Lloyd, those are the two I was trying to think of, that are just on right now. And if you're just on right now and she's not, I mean, who are you going to bring with you? You know, it's, it seems pretty clear in the end. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this camp goes for her. I'll be curious to to see how she plays if she plays uh, on the 18th and the 22nd. I think that'll yeah. be pretty telling. Super interesting. And then for Lloyd, I just can't imagine that she's even bringing any leadership to the team at this point, especially based on her statements about the protests this summer. I just don't see her fitting in emotionally or sports-wise. She was on fire before, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that shakes out with her. Yeah, there's a lot to, to see from this camp and then the, these two matches. And thankfully, if she believes in February. So we have some time and some some matches to see where everybody kind of shakes out. I personally am very excited to see Pino back on the field. I feel yes. like I've, I've been having like a Pino withdrawal, um, as has the rest of the world, it seems, for a while. Um, and she's kind of been off doing her own thing. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see her back. I hope she hasn't lost anything off her game or her fitness Uh and again, time will tell, but I'm thrilled to see her back. Yeah, I was reading an interview with her where she was talking about trying to stay fit over the pandemic and how she talked about how she and Sue would put as many things as they could in their suitcases and just drag their suitcases around their apartment. And she was like, <laughs> we eventually got a Peloton. But she said, <laughs> she said she had to make a choice at one point that she wasn't going to try to be athletic fit. She was going to just try to be um, fit for mental health and fit for physical health, and that was it. Um, and I'm of two minds about that. Almost in some ways, at, you know, when you're in your later 30s, maybe taking a year off will actually allow her to come into this Olympics stronger, or is she not going to be fit? But then Vlako Anonofsky yeah. gave an interview where he said that every single thing that Carly and Pino have been doing lately has been monitored by U.S. soccer and that they are nearly there. So to me, that's a great sign. And I, I am just keeping my fingers crossed so hard that Pino gets to be a star player again at the Olympics this summer, too. Yeah, yeah I, I think that would be kind of the, the crowning achievement for her on an incredible, incredible uh, career. So I feel like it. I would love her to be able to crush at the Olympics. I really would. I just think the world of her in general as a human being and as a player. So hopefully we see that. I think you're right. I mean, we forget like right after the world cup, I mean, you know, Pino was the player, you know, she went on every morning news talk radio. I mean, she did, I mean, hundreds and thousands probably of interviews and stuff. And it was just on a tear and that, uh, that travel, that type of exposure wears you down in a different way. So maybe she just needed the reset. Uh, so that, that could be it. Like you said, I don't know, in your mid thirties, can you take it off and get back to it? We'll see. But if she, if anybody can, I think she can. So I'd like to, to see her. Alex Morgan, of course, our sympathies go out to her. She has, uh, she had COVID at the end of December, so she will not be in the camp. Yep. Yep. So bummer. she'll miss out. Yeah, definitely a bummer. So she'll miss out these games in the camp. And then I guess she could be back for if she believes, though. I, I think she could. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know anything, obviously, about how COVID has affected her. But she said she was on the mend. So I, I can't see why she wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. I mean, as long, again, as long as it was a mild course. Yeah, absolutely. 
hopefully she'll be back. Um, two other players that I just want to mention that I was happy to see on the roster. Um, my favorite defender, Allie Krieger, and Yay. my favorite goalkeeper, Ashlyn Harris. Uh, not that I necessarily thought they wouldn't make the camp for these matches because uh, they're kind of low. They're not low yield. I don't mean that, but they're not, you know, big time matches. But I'm just happy to see them there. So hopefully they can both uh, provide a, a little leadership uh, and B, prove their skills still uh, for both, you know, for both Ashton and the goalkeeper position. Um, she's, they brought Aubrey Bledsoe and Jane Campbell and, of course, Alyssa Nair. And then for the defenders, there's a whole slew of defense uh, that Ali is up against, but hopefully she'll kind of shine in that group. There's really, I mean, I think there's the most of any position. Yeah, they, they brought 10 defenders into camp. So, I mean, that's a highly coveted spot that she has to fight for. Because let's say that let's say that Midge Purse is killing it, right? Which she's going to. I think I might be a huge Midge Purse fan, is what I'm realizing today. <laughs> Having a lot of feelings about her. But let's say Midge comes up huge. Yeah. Let's say Emily Fox comes up huge, although I didn't like the looks of her before, but that was under Jill, and I feel like she wasn't being well coached. Uh, and let's say Tierna Davidson's finally injury free and comes up huge. It's like that is that's going to change the look of this supposedly thin defense we have. Um, yeah. But, you know, Allie is a fighter, so I know that competition will only make her better, you know. Right. So I agree. I mean, I look at that list of defense and again, like you said, just those players there. You've got a lot of uh, some fresh some fresh looks. Tierna, not. I don't mean to say not so fresh. She is, but uh, well, she's we, not, she's not, she, she yeah. shouldn't be. We just, she's just been so injured. We haven't been able right. to see her as much as we should have. Yeah. Exactly. But Emily and uh, Midge for sure. And then Alana Cook, who I don't know that much about. Um, excited to learn more, but excited to learn more. Yeah. But, and then you, you've got your standbys, you know, you've still got Becky and Kelly and um, Abby and Crystal. Uh, Emily Sonnet. I, I am, <laughs> I just need to see. So Emily is now with Kelly in DC, which we'll talk about more. But I, I, am, I still don't understand yet. I still don't understand Sonnet. And I want to. I want to understand Emily Sonnet. Maybe I will one of these days. I relate to her as a jokester, but that's oh, it. I think she is probably a delightful human being. She brings a type of levity to the team and to matches. And I think she has a beautiful spirit. On the field, though, I just don't see it coming together, and I want to. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, like, am looking through the opposite of rose-colored glasses when it comes to her. Like, what's the opposite of, like, a putrid green? I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the opposite of rose-colored glasses. But I, because I, admittedly, I see Allie Krieger through rose-colored glasses, and I'm not looking as fairly on Emily Sonnet. But anyways... There would be a poetry to Allie's final tournament being an Olympics where potentially we won. Since she did miss that Olympics, she broke her leg, right? Yeah. Yes. So I think I think she should she deserves to go. She I could not agree more. <laughs> I don't know if Blacko is gonna be with me on that, but we'll see. It's just exciting. It's so exciting that they're back in camp. It's so exciting that we've got two matches coming up. I am thrilled to watch. I am just super pumped. Tobin mm. and Press are not coming. Correct. They are staying at home because Press has an ill a non-COVID illness, was all we were told. So I would like to wish Kristen Press a speedy recovery as well from whatever <laughs> she is dealing with. And then uh, other folks that aren't coming, no Morgan Gautreaux, 
no Casey short. Flacco surprised said, about Casey. Not surprised about Morgan. Flacco said no one was ruled out, but you can't help but wonder, I think. And yeah. great to see Andy Sullivan back. Mm-hmm. She was injured in the Challenge Cup this summer, and I am so thrilled that she is back in the mix. Yep. Very exciting. I think that's all the U.S. women's national team news we have to report. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The match is coming up, she believes, in February. Japan, Brazil, Canada will be our uh, competition for that matchup, uh, and she believes. So really exciting. And we can now move on to NWSL news. And, oh, my goodness. there. Okay, listen, I am not a soccer expert, um, if <laughs> though we, we get, may have led you to believe otherwise, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think anybody. I don't. We were. Nobody would have been fooled by that. No, no. but I just want to say a lot of this stuff is very complicated, and we're we're trying our best to understand. So if we get anything wrong here, bear with us and let us know. But lots of NWSL goings on. First thing we heard, Sacramento is happening. 2022. 2022. Same year as Angel City, looks like we're going to be getting two brand new California NWSL teams in one year. Yeah, that's a huge, huge thing. I Initially, when I heard that, I was like, really? Like, why two in California? And then um, I I looked up how far apart they were. They're like five hours and 45 minutes apart by car. So as Madeline pointed out, they are further apart than Sky Blue and DC. But still, it just, I was like, what? Eh, eh, I don't know. But I cannot yeah, complain about expansion. So I'm like, I want a Philly team. Get me a Philly team. But that would be <laughs> that's still almost like... that's silly compared to me complaining that yeah, L.A. and Sacramento are too close together. Although if you really look at the coasts, I mean, because you've got Portland and you've got um, Washington, um, not Washington, Seattle. Seattle, Seattle, Washington. There we go. Um, so you do, you do have a lot of um, West Coast teams all up and down that seaboard. Well, now with Angel City and then Sacramento is kind of one in the middle. So um, definitely have the coasts well covered for sure. Same same for the East Coast. I'm not saying otherwise with um, Sky Blue, D.C., North Carolina, and Orlando. You've kind of got the top to bottom. But anyways. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Expansion's always good. And I think it might take some of the pressure off people wanting to be at Angel City. Because who doesn't want to play for Angel City? And there's so many players from California. Yeah, yeah. I mean, California is really like a soccer uh, soccer goldmine for both, like, the from the beginning, like, youth levels up through college, obviously. I mean, look at Stanford. Good Lord. Uh, so it definitely is a soccer haven. So I think it probably doesn't hurt to have a second team there. Now, are they going to have the investors and the glitz and glam as a, of Angel City? I would imagine not, but still, uh, you have another one based in California, which would be great. I suppose. I'll give in. I think it's a good thing. It's a good it's thing. It's a good thing. Uh, but I am happy uh, that the Midwest has another team. Well, kind of. Uh, now they have, again, Kansas City. Uh, we got to look at some of their um, new crest work and stuff, which I liked. Very nice. We were saying we liked the circle. I love a circle. I love it. Good colors. I thought it looked almost like a lit. I liked it. I'm going to say I liked it before I say anything else. I think they were very <laughs> nice. But they looked a little bit like a, like a generic kind of small batch brewery logo or something. You know what I mean? It, yes. Like, yes, I do. 
It was I very really do. Like I feel like in 15 years we'll look back and be like, well, that was from 2021. Like it had a very <laughs> specific design aesthetic to it. Does they so they have three stripes on their um crest and two stars. Have they won like has that Kansas City team to Utah and back one two stars? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's I was just yes. confirming. Uh wanted to be sure yeah I like it the navy blue and the red and the teal I think is a really unique color combo agree it reminds me didn't Louisville oh no they ha- Louisville has some teal in it right purple Louisville is yeah that light purple and the mint green the mint yeah yeah okay which I also like <laughs> yeah me too me too I want to I think it would be cool if they sold like uh, patches from all the teams and they probably do it oh. as I'm saying this because it would be cool to have like a set of the patches from the different teams I I think the only team that really needs a rebrand still is Sky Blue and maybe the Spirit I th- I would agree with both I think those two both need to update their logos but I also heard a rumor that Lisa Baird was saying the entire league is going to get uh, a rebrand Oh, coming up, which I think is positive. I think for for this type of women's soccer, like the cooler it looks and kind of the fresher it looks, even though I just made fun of Kansas City for being too of the moment. I think the more <laughs> fresh it looks, the better. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it'll only strengthen. I mean, it matters how it looks. It just does. It, it just does. does. It does, because then people want to buy the stuff. I I almost today, in preparing for this podcast and looking at Angel City's website, bought a hat <laughs> that said ACFC on it. I don't wear hats. I was going to say, hat I've just never looked, seen you wear a hat. <laughs> it looked so cool. I almost bought it. So it's important. It could, ha- Yeah, it's important. The I could only... It. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I was... <laughs> I was just talking about Angel City. They have their 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 colors are black and white. I think so. Like it's it reminds me of the Brooklyn Nets, and I think it's cool. I think it's cool, and I had before I realized in my mind that Angel City was that. I was like, I kind of wish Sky Blue would do a redesign and kind of match it almost not with the Brooklyn Nets, but similar to the way they, I think there's is black and gray, but it looks really I think that's tight. very New York. That's it very is. cool. It is very New York. We'll wear black all day, every day. I went out the other day. I had black on from head to toe and I was like, well, I'm not going to a funeral. What am I doing? <laughs> you were just being badass. That's I, all. I, my, the color hue of my wardrobe has certainly darkened <laughs> over Do you since think- I've lived here. During the oh not not like a mood, <laughs> not like a mood thing like a New York City thing yes yes I just have a lot of black jeans and black boots and black coats but I agree I don't yeah. know what it is and I I don't consider myself a conformist really but it is just like I think it looks <laughs> it looks slick I like it you know yeah I like the fact that you can wear it to work and then dinner and then out to a show which yes. nobody here is done in you know, a year, but <laughs> uh, you can. And that's one of the things I think it works in New York because oftentimes back in the day, back in the day, meaning a year ago, you would go to work at dinner and then perhaps a Broadway show all in one day. Cause that's the awesome life we used to live. We'll live it again. We will. It's Anyways, coming back. That's, <laughs> oh, we just that, got so sad. Yeah, that well, was one thing talk. I don't like about Kansas city is they have a temporary name right now and it's Kansas city NWSL, which 
is bonkers. It's like the worst. It's as it, I it's like somebody just listed that on a sheet of paper to talk about it and then just assume that that was the team name accidentally. Yes. And then they were like, "Oh, like four people think this is true. Should we take Nats? Nah, too much just work." Just keep going with it. Like, come on. Kansas City women's soccer almost would have been better. Like maybe they had to make it terrible so it since it's not permanent so that they wouldn't get attached to it accidentally. <laughs> okay. I Honestly, I would believe anything you said about it because it's so bad. Well, excited, excited that they were able to absorb the Royals. Uh, excited for their crest. Yikes for the name. That's my summary. <laughs> uh, yes, agreed. Yep. In other news, uh, we, we talked a little already, but Washington, in addition to getting Kelly O'Hara, got Emily Sonnet. To me, now that team has a completely different tone. And it's weird to think that Sonnet is bringing leadership to a team or, or oh, at but least she a is. gravitas, I will, but she surely is. Yeah, I will. I would not say that. Yeah, I would agree with that. That Are team is not looking, Don't know. looking so young and inexperienced anymore. Right. I got to tell you, I think Richie Burke might be a smart man. We'll yeah. see. I, I feel like actually Washington is a place that Sonnet could really shine because I don't, to me, she's not cutting the national team, but of course she's going to look amazing there, I think, in Washington. So we'll see. Yeah. Good move for her. More moves. Abby Dahlkemper to Manchester City. Yeah. North Carolina is just empty. Gutted. It's just Jess McDonald. Who's left? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so we'll see what they're going to look like this year. It is definitely interesting to see the former overdogs become the underdogs. Overdogs is not the word nope, for nope, that. Nope. Favorites. Sure Favorites. <laughs> the overdogs. They were the overdogs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they their fall from grace happened rapidly. I mean. And I don't really understand the exodus. It felt like what I what I can't understand from the outside was it did something change in the organization and people were like, I gotta get out? Or was it like Crystal wanted to go to Portland to be with her husband and when she left someone else left them, and now it's just like, Oh, I don't wanna be on this team anymore? Like what is happening? Is it a coincidence? I don't know. I don't have the insight there, but it's certainly been devastated, <laughs> that team. And apparently part of Dahl Kemper moving to Manchester City has to do with this new rule mm-hmm. in the NWSL where U.S. women's national team players can turn down federation status to get allocation money from their own club. Now, what does that mean? Right. I was going to say, explain that one. Okay. Here's where I'm going to try my very best. So, The NWSL has instituted rules to sort of limit the amount of money that can be involved, hence why some of the player salaries are so low, uh, to limit some of the amount of money that can be involved so that the teams are all kind of on an equal footing so that the league remains fair as it grows, Mm -hmm. right? Also, U.S. soccer invested in the league for a long time. That relationship is newly separate now. Like, U.S. soccer and NWSL are now separate entities not helping each other technically as much as they were um so allocation money is the amount of team amount of money that each team can purchase uh and then you you can purchase only a certain amount in a year and then that money can roll over to the next year if you don't spend it so like for example kansas city gets to keep $1.5 
the allocation money that Utah had, and they didn't spend any last year because they were falling apart. So now Kansas City has all this extra money, which has affected the draft, which we'll get to in a second, because all of this starts to get very technical. But now what's happened is you, you essentially want your leagues to move towards free agency, where players where their most important team relationship is their club team relationship, like a Messi or a Ronaldo, right? Mm -hmm. And their status with their country is not as important as their club team because that means you have a very healthy, very professional league. So in a small step to move towards that, U.S. Women's National Team players are now allowed to say, U.S. Women's National Team, I don't want you to pay my salary in the NWSL anymore because that's what was ha- that's what's happening mm-hmm. as U.S. Soccer supports the league. But now you're allowed to say, I don't want that. And it's possible in that case that certain players might get more money in the relationship with their team. What's in it for the team? Control over the player. Okay. Nominally. <laughs> Got it. So that is what's happening. And it is overall a good move for the league because it makes it more professional and moves towards a situation where they don't have to rely at all on the country team. Now, my question for you. So if you look at salary, you have federation for a player. That's like a federation player salary in tier one it's ninety nine thousand six forty two. yeah there's multiple tiers which makes it extra confusing yeah and then like there's tier six, two is 93 there's but... 16 tier one players okay yeah okay and then and so on okay but if you look at the 2021 unallocated maximum salary cap for nwsl players it's fifty thousand dollars and the minimum is twenty thousand dollars so i guess i'm a little confused so we know that haran turned down the not turned down she did she turned down her federation status but because you were a federation player you can be paid from the allocation money i see i see i see so there's potential to make more money because you would still be receiving like bonus structure from u.s soccer so So for example because of the bonuses you end up getting more it's oh, very that's co- from U.S. Soccer. Yeah. Okay, because Haran then makes the fifty thousand, and then a- additional allocated money goes towards her. I believe that is correct. Okay. Because it or she, has she to makes get the ninety nine. Yeah. You. It's like it's a complicated structure, but if you look at the breakdown of like bonuses and allocation money, you end up being possible to make a little more money. If than you're just not taking the ninety nine. Whatever, 642. Okay. Yeah. Very confusing. It's very confusing. Yeah, that is. And I mean, I under absolutely understand what you mean. I mean, people have been talking this about this too, how that is a move towards a more professional club league, uh, you know, in the future. But I think, I mean, the other thing, and I know they, they jumped the cap, the salary cap big last year. Uh, but I just, we have to s- figure out a way, and that's probably sponsorship. And I mean, Budweiser's been huge and all this other stuff, but continue to push this forward because a max unallocated salary cap of $50,000 is nothing. And I mean, in a min of 20, like it's, it's no surprise that we're losing players to overseas. Like, I don't really work very much. And that's like about how much money I'm at, right? Like, it's like, 
That's like a yikes amount of of money for someone who is at the very top of their game. Yeah, that's what yeah, I it is. And I was just looking just to compare that at the WNBA salaries because that is a a organization that's been around for a long time. It's very well established. That's a women's sport. Uh and for the WNBA beginning in 2020, they had um, the minimum salary for two year, with two years of service went from forty two seven to fifty seven thousand, and that's the minimum, which is still, I mean, if you compare it to men's, which we can't necessarily, but it's fifty seven thousand is more than the max for the unallocated player in the NWSL, and that's the minimum salary for an N- uh, for a WNBA player. And for um, the NWSL, it's about twenty thousand minimum. The minimum is twenty, and the max is fifty. Oof, that so, is. You were saying before, it's a summer job. It's a summer that's, job. Yeah, $20,000 is a summer job. And I mean, that's, and that is very clear if you're, if you're looking at the WNBA. Now, they, WNBA has been around a lot longer and they've pushed and pushed and pushed for salary. And they've also been able to pull in and do a lot more. If you look at the first pick for the WNBA for a first year rookie salary, uh, and again, what I just mentioned were minimum. So the first pick, um, could be 68,000 for the WNBA. I just want to mention just because it's worth mentioning that the first pick for the first year rookie for the NBA is 8.13 million. So 68,000 to 8.13 million. <laughs> Which is just like I mean, but then I mean you look at you look at stadiums, right? You look at how full they are. Uh, right. I, WNBA I, yeah. pulls maybe a quarter of the fans that NBA pulls. And that's fans in the stadium, not to mention, you know, if you look at merchandise sold and you look at, you know, um, co- other contracts and stuff. The NBA is pulling in billions more than the WNBA, um, which is kind of the when we talked about the equal pay structure with uh, the women's national team and the women's uh, the men's national team there we see much more the women's national team is actually more popular obviously here with the NBA and the WNBA that's not the case so you can't I can't make those same comparisons but it's still painful when you hear those numbers would you like to go to a WNBA Liberty game with me yes. when we're all vaccinated on their sports again yeah because they're actually the worst they pull the, the fewest numbers yeah. yeah, the New York, the LA Sparks is the best performing team. They pull about uh, a little over eleven thousand games uh, fans per game. And New York Liberty is the bottom. They pull about two thousand fans per game. I'm sorry. I feel that's my fault. <laughs> How is that your fault? <laughs> because I haven't gone, and I knew I should have gone. I know. I feel like we talked about that at one point. We should go. We should definitely go. Uh, first of all, it'll be fun to be back in a sporting venue, and there's games happening all the time so and they're so easy to get to when you can take the subway well anyways that's fully depressing sorry I did not I was we were just thinking I was thinking salary and, and looking at it and I kind of took a deep dive into w into the WNBA because that I think is as far as women's sports probably the the best established and uh looking at that and how it compares to the NBA is just it's hard but I mean Look, look, it was a good deep dive. We need to know that <laughs> stuff. We do need to know that stuff, even if it is depressing. And I, 
I, you know, it does put the NWSL in perspective, especially around all the talk about this college draft that happened this week. Yeah. There, it was a little sad at points. And I think that there's been so many great improvements in the NWSL. I think to be the first sports league back to have a bubble, Angel City, Louisville, getting those Utah players out of that horrible environment. Heineken, Budweiser, like just so many. Well, Heineken, get on the freaking train. (laughs) So make that that. not an accidental wrong beer brand, Heineken. Get your butt in gear. Um, right. It's, it's looking up, but then I think sometimes when you see things like what you just laid out for us, it, it does get a little bit depressing and desperate and hard to focus on the positive. And I feel like a little bit, this draft made it hard to focus on the positive. I read a lot of bad press about the draft, but me personally, and we'll get into it, but I just want to say that I think it's a really hard year. I think it's a really hard year to be a college athlete. That's nobody's fault. That's the pandemic's fault. And I would like to just kind of call this draft a uh, chalk it up to pandemic and and move on and try to stay positive in the NWSL without forgetting all of those important strides forwards that we strides forward that we do need to make. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird draft this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but unlike I mean, everything's been weird this year. So I, I, exactly, I'm not. Um, I don't feel bad about the draft. I feel like there was a lot of excitement that went on. I feel like these teams are going to be strong next year. I feel like yeah, we have a very long way to go. But I feel like there has been huge strides made in the NWSL this year. And we just need to stay focused on those. And the, you know, the marketing, the brands, the money is going to come in. We will increase player salary. Hopefully we can get that that man up to the, to the, at least the max. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, but we're doing it. We're, it's make, it's yeah. happening. Um, one notable I just want to mention that was not in the draft uh, was Macario. Uh, she went to Lyon. Huge news. That huge was huge news. news in the lead up to the draft. Uh, because so that bu- was going to be racing's top choice. Absolutely top choice. And that was a lot where a lot of the criticism was coming from was, oh, what? why are your best players opting to play in Europe? Because you can't pay them enough. Yeah. I mean, that it's simple as that. It's simple then as there that. was a lot of talk about potentially even though you couldn't draft her you could trade for her rights but then I think Lisa Baird put the kibosh on that just the day before it was Mm. going to happen and then a bunch of other things happened in the lead up as well Sky Blue traded Pugh and Sarah Walmo Killian to Chicago which Mm -hmm. while a wild trade I I think they're really gonna miss Sarah Waldmo but of course her husband was in Chicago so they wanted to trade her and I I actually think the fact that they traded Pew bodes badly for her because I just don't think they would have done that if they thought she was going to play well. Yeah. I I don't know. But if if Pew does end up playing well, she can fill that vacuum that is still honestly left by um, the Sam Kerr, good grief, by Sam Kerr that didn't seem to quite be filled by Watts this summer. Mm -hmm. So that if Pew's great, that could be great. But in exchange, Sky Blue got the fourth and eighth pick and a potential first round pick in 2022. So that set up a lot of drama. Um, And then in the midst of Macario going to Lyon, 
they ended up late in the game making all seniors available because there wasn't enough interest in the draft to have enough players to even draft. So they went over over a course of an hour from having like 35 available players to like 30,000. Um, yeah. So I, it was very interesting to hear all the coaches be like, our plans are, this is wild. This is insane. <laughs> I can't figure this out. So it was a really dramatic draft, and you can tell because the first round was two hours long. That's in, that's bonkers, just insane. But there first you go. round pick, were you surprised, Emily Fox, to rosting Louisville? Uh, I don't. I just feel like after Macario was gone, they were like, "Uh, who next?" I I feel like I was a little surprised. Yeah, I didn't realize realize that she was that big a deal because I thought she played terribly in the caps she got for the national team. But I guess she's great. Well, we'll find. We'll sir. We will certainly find out. Then Washington Spirit got the second pick, Trinity Rodman, <laughs> Dennis's daughter. She is so young. That's all I can't get over is how young she is. And see, to me, that bodes well because she could have gone to more college, and she did want to go into the league. So that's why I'm like, why is everyone being so down on this? There's ups and downs. There's ups and downs. Yeah, there are. Uh, And then Sky Blue got the third pick, Brianna Pinto. And she was hot. And I am very excited that Sky Blue has picked up Pinto. Yeah. Also, great last name. I was going to say, there's going to be a lot of fun with that. Really excited. Then Kansas City got Kiki Pickett, but that was Sky Blue's pick. Mm -hmm. But they traded that for a ton of money a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars which is also a new record right yeah so I just like who is this chick is she worth all that I don't know <laughs> I, I don't either that was a huge amount of money Kansas I, City they must have had just well as you said stuff left over from Utah that's how they got that yeah. and then so the wild thing was the whole time apparently Rory Dames at Washington Spirit just really wanted Tara McCune and was so sure that Kansas City would pick her. But then it became clear that they could trade with Sky Blue for the eighth pick. So then they and Sky Blue ended up getting even more money from Washington Spirit for that eighth pick. Yeah, like a hundred thousand, right? Wow. Yeah. So I guess we'll keep our eyes on Tara and Kiki. I know. <laughs> We really need to. I that, that was a huge sum of money for both those players. Uh, my, but then my question is, what is Sky Blue doing with all this allocation money? And that's where things get a little potentially depressing or great. <laughs> because okay. it seems on the surface, and I think this is what you were saying, is, oh, it seems like maybe Sky Blue is struggling to stay operational. So they need a lot of money to cover simple operation costs. I just think playing in Red Bull Stadium comes at a cost. I mean, obviously. Especially that's hard to cover when you can't have fans. Right. Right. Can't sell tickets. Now, their coach, who I think is amazing, Freya Coombe, swore up and down that that was not the case and that they just really wanted to have a lot of money to play around with to get great players. And I do think they showed that this was true because they gave up their 13-round pick to uh, their 13th pick to Louisville to reacquire Jennifer Cujo. Yay! Yay! 
It's like they knew that was the plan the whole time. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Kudra's been a fan favorite, so I think that was a great move. Great move, yeah. Sky Blue. Mm. And then other than that, I don't really know any of these players, and I can't wait to find out which of them shine. I know. I, lo- I love that that is the situation here. We have a whole new freshman group coming in, and it's going to be really exciting to see how they play and who kind of steps to the forefront. Mm. Good luck to them. And I hope that as many of them are available and excited to play as possible and aren't missing out on, you know, like a spring, uh, a spring season, their senior year or anything like that. It's just, it's such a hard time right now. So congratulations to everyone who got drafted. Yes. Congratulations. Yay. And I think that's all the news for now. That was a lot of news. Whew. Whoa. The next time we talk, we'll have uh, games to talk about. Yay. Oh, I'm so excited. That was such a treat in December. So I just know it's going to be now such another treat. Uh, Very looking forward to those. Very hoping. Very much hoping. I don't know what's happening today. Very looking forward to that. Hoping to see Pino for me personally out in the field. So it's honestly maybe the only thing that's keeping me feeling forward looking right now. It's just so, so, yeah, such a joy to have those games to look forward to and to know that there's five of them coming up is Mm -hmm. just, um, you know, something to live for (laughs) in these bleak, dark winter months. Yes. It's a good distraction. There's a lot of heavy stuff coming up. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you everyone for, for listening in. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you can explain allocation money and giving yeah. up your federation status better than the equalizer, please let us know. Shoot if us we an- failed that, yeah, let us yeah, know. Yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> we I, we tried. Shoot us an email at <laughs> settlethescorepodcast at gmail.com. You could tweet us how incorrect we were at scorepod or Instagram us that, although Instagram doesn't seem like the right forum. It's a, more of a visual medium, but that is also <laughs> at ScorePod. You can write it down in a post and hold it up and just yeah. say, you were wrong. This is you why. Were, <laughs> yes, I really want someone to take a picture of a post-it, say, you were wrong, and then put it on Instagram. That would really warm my heart. <laughs> oh, they'll do it. Be careful. Oh, boy. Oh. Thank you for listening. All right. Catch you guys in a little bit. Bye.